Welcome back to Primetime KC. On this week's episode, we're going to dive into the Chiefs. We're entering uh, preseason game number three. It's almost over. We're almost to the real season. It's getting exciting. We're going to probably break down some guys that we might get, think we might get cut, some guys that we think are going to be impactful this year. Um, probably get into the Royals a little bit, kind of nearing the end of the regular season for them, which is ending the entire season for them because they stand no chance in hell at the playoffs. But we'll get into that, talk about maybe some future things with them. Might get into some college football, talk a little bit about that, and then probably just ramble on like we usually do. We have a full crew today. It's been a long time coming, but we have the full crew today. We have Josh and John. How are y'all doing? Fantastic. That's all I, got. I mean, you know, we're back in school mode, but I will say we can guarantee a podcast every week, and I'm going to try to upload them on Wednesdays or Thursdays, but... We will be recording every week, so it's good to be back. I just had a very busy summer. Yeah, we say that. We'll see, man. We'll do it. We'll see. When football is on, we have no problem. We have shit we all have to say. But, like, during the summer, I don't have a lot to say. This is honestly, like, healthy therapy doing this podcast with football season because there's many things I, in the past, wanted to scream or yell about or talk to somebody about with football, and I just had to keep it inside. And this podcast just lets you get it out and yell into your microphone, even if there's no one in front of you. Uh, well, and, and, the Chiefs, we... and the Chiefs make you do that, so it's good that we do this. I'm the glad Chiefs... we are known as as your, uh, what is it, psychiatrist? This therapy uh, session. For the therapy. You know what? Therapist. We, yeah. we all needed it at some point, all right? And there's been a point That's where both fact. of you have come on here and just wanted to lash it out. And it's Well, helped. I will tell you right now, we are going to get into college football and – College basketball comes around, it's going to be bad for me. Yeah, because Josh is going to be on the Mizzou. He's going to be like a five-seed train. And no, no, no. I'm just – I think Mizzou's on the bubble to make the tournament. But I'm just saying, they if, they, if they just suck dick this year, I yes, I will be on the podcast. I mean, I would be upset if they were absolutely dreadful this year, to be fair. But you do have to consider it's year one of Dennis Gates and that year one at Cleveland State wasn't very good either. All right. But let's yeah. start with the Chiefs. We'll get into yeah. that later. Uh, <laughs> Tops Washington, 24-14. Score doesn't matter, really. Patrick Mahomes played two drives in the second game of the preseason, scored on both. He now has three touchdown passes on three drives this preseason. Uh, what were your guys' impressions of the first team offense through two preseason games? I'll tell you what. I'll go I'm, ahead and kick it John. Yeah, I'm I'm drinking the Jody Forts and Kool Aid already. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I was drinking he, that in the regular season before he tore his uh, Achilles or ACL. Yeah, and I I to be honest wasn't. I thought maybe that was just kind of an overblown training camp. Uh, you know, classic guy that gets way too much hype for no reason. But you know, we've struggled a lot in the red zone. Um, we struggled a lot on our last drive in the red zone last year and uh maybe having a bigger target around can help with that um he certainly has at least some promise there um so if there's one thing i had to say i was excited about but also stop playing mahomes guys it doesn't make sense you know i don't know what we're gonna think we're gonna get from it but it just it's not i don't enjoy it it's it's fresh it's scary um and it it just isn't worth it in my opinion do they treat week? Are we going to treat week three like week four? Are we going to treat week three like week three when there was a four game preseason? Um, I don't think they've come out and officially said the plan yet, unless I've missed it for starters. Uh, if it were me, if it were me, let's just keep it one hundred percent clear. Mahomes would have played a snap this preseason. I am yes, full team. Do not play your starters at all in the preseason. Um, but you know, obviously Andy Reid thinks differently about that, so. I don't know. But I would, no, uh, really like to not see the first. I've seen enough of the first team offense and defense. They can not play. Agree. Uh, my first, my first two week. To be honest, I've been busy both times they were on, but just seeing the highlights and everything from it. I mean, I think it, we're kind of answering questions that we were wondering going into the uh, season. What will this Chiefs offense look like? We're looking damn just fine right now. I mean. I get it's the preseason, but like Mahomes has very has like reliable average wide wide receivers to throw to. His past five years or four years, he only had Kelsey. This year, I feel him comfortable throwing Valdez Scantling. I feel him comfortable throwing Juju, Travis, and I mean the way Jordy, Jody's playing. I mean 
shit. Playing good right now. I mean, I know it's preseason, but only time can tell, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I guess I, I can see that, but at the end of the day, man, I, um, I, 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 I've thoroughly not enjoyed it. I, I don't understand why we're still doing it. Well, I, I think mean, you, you look around think... the league and you look at all the young coaches. Like McVay doesn't play staff, and, and McVay didn't play Stafford last year. Everyone that's like, well, you know, what if they're not good? What if they're rusty? What if you know, the McVay didn't play Stafford a single snap last preseason, and they obviously won the Super Bowl the year before. There wasn't even a preseason, and the teams like Kansas City and Tampa and all those teams ended up, you know, hitting week one pretty well. Tampa actually didn't, but that was also because that was Brady's first year there with a lot of new pieces. But the point being, um, you know, I feel like when you have a proven veteran at quarterback, there's just no benefit that outweighs the risk of losing him for the season. No, 100%. I mean, there is no reason – you should have Patrick Mahomes out on the field in the pre preseason at all. And I hope Andy Reid is starting to take notes of what's going around the league. I don't think it will change. And yep. I wish, well, I guess – And I wish Patrick sorry. didn't want to play in these games, but he does. I bet you he does it. Do you no, know he does. He, yeah, they, he wouldn't play – like, the reason, like, Aaron Rodgers specifically doesn't play in the preseason is because he doesn't want to. LaFleur – personally would play him but Rodgers just told Lafleur, like I'm not I don't want to play in the preseason I don't want to and so he doesn't if Mahomes would tell Reed hey look I I don't want to do this I'm not going to do this I bet Reed would probably listen to him I, I just think Pat actually wants to be out there which you know I get that the yeah I, I definitely think Mahomes wants to be out there just knowing the kind of character he is he wants to win even if it's preseason and he's still out there <laughs> bumbling around the field um it just it's a little scary, man. I oh, yeah. But I guess another thing we do have to shout out, George Karloftis got the highlight of the day, I think. Yeah. Um I I you know, who knows with him, still extremely raw. Um, but yeah, you know, if you can get a little bit of production out of that position, especially with the addition of uh what's his name, the guy we got. Uh, I for some reason can't remember it. Um McDuffie? hopefully that edge position can be right, shortened Dunlap. up. Dunlap, yeah. Dunlap's actually hurt. He's got an Achilles right now. So oh, shoot. I don't know how long that's going to be. Yeah. But, yeah, he'll be, uh, I don't know. what. I don't think it's serious yet, but, you know, anytime an Achilles is involved, it can get serious. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see that. But I think just, like, even though it is preseason, the way Karloftis has played, I think finally getting Chris Jones an edge rusher to help him out is what the Chiefs' defense really needed. Um you know, it's going to be a secondary this year that's going to be kind of spotty. You've got guys like Snead and Fenton who are pretty solid, but then you've got guys like McDuffie and Joshua Williams who have no experience in the NFL yet, and you've got a bunch of other guys who just really aren't too high on the depth chart. So I do think that pass rush becomes very vital this year. I also think the um, linebacking core becomes very vital as well. And look, it's the first time – I feel confident going into a season with our linebackers and our pass rush, you know, in a long time. So I do think you've seen good things out of that. And, yeah, I think Karloftis is a big, big X factor this year as it pertains to how the defense performs. Yep, 100%. Um, So that's, you know, really Chiefs recap of the first two weeks. Heading into the third and final game, uh, who's a guy or maybe there's multiple that you're looking at to see uh, maybe battling for a roster spot. Who's somebody that's caught your eye this preseason? You know, just anything. Who are you watching on Thursday? Well, I mean, I guess one guy you have to keep an eye on, and I don't know how much it actually is going to matter, but I think Ronald Jones might be on a slightly surprising edge of being cut yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely a guy that when he came in, a lot of people thought he'd be running back one, um, and he might have found himself here running back four. Yeah. Um, that's what he's listing on the death chart. And we still have to – I still completely doubt that, that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is any better than he is because um, I just I, – I don't see it. Um, but, but they're definitely going to be betting on him. Um, and, I mean, between him and McKinnon, you have McKinnon an obvious edge, and Pacheco is not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I'm at least excited for the direction that room is going in because – you know, I think we're somewhat protected from injuries, even if the ceiling isn't necessarily terribly high. Someone I hope to make the team is Josh Gordon. 
I mean, mm. just knowing what he's done in the past, I mean, that that just has to give you some type of hope. Like, you'll never see that from him again. But just to get, like, 50% of what he was when he was with the Browns, I mean, you have to hope. I mean, I don't know really much about this preseason. I know last the last game he only got targeted twice and only got one reception. But Josh Gordon's a guy that really helped him to make the team. I know he got a practice squad at the end of the year last year, but only time will tell. I imagine he's going to be getting cut um, yep. with performances of Justin Watson uh, and the fact that he's not there on special teams. Yeah. Uh, that hurts him a lot. And, and that's the big yeah. thing is being on special teams. That's where guys like Noah Gray are going to make the roster. And, well, guys, and Blake Bell apparently is going to be out for a bit. Yeah. And, and um, guys like Josh Gordon probably won't make the roster because if you can't contribute at wide receiver and you have no value at special teams and, I mean, there's not a ton of value, and let's be honest, he's had a long time now to learn this playbook. You give him uh, basically half of last year, all off season, and then you know, leading up to these preseason games, just haven't seen anything out of Josh Gordon. Haven't seen him able to get any separation. Haven't seen him able to really do any of the good things he was doing in New England and Cleveland. Uh, so, I do think he'll get cut. Ultimately, I, I I would actually prefer Justin Watson to make the roster over him, even with. Uh, Josh Gordon's good history of play. I just think at this point, Watson would probably be a better option. Yeah, 100% agree. And I mean, it seems like Mahomes is very comfortable with him. Um, I think he's a guy to look out for making a sneaky impact this season, especially with just how spread out the options are going to be on offense. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, there's not much more to say on the preseason. It's preseason for a reason. Um, Winning in the preseason is getting out of it with your starters healthy, honestly. So as yep. long as they can get to game one with all 22 starters healthy, that's good for me. Um, is there any other preseason around the league that you guys want to talk about? Any other notable guys, notable teams, something that happened? Kayvon Thibodeau just getting absolute clobbered. Well, yeah, the crackback block by Thaddeus Moss. Or, yeah, uh, on yeah that was a little... That's been a very I mean, highly debated season. block, but I mean that block happens all the time in football. People are just mad about it because it's Kayvon. If that's a random third string Giants edge rusher, nobody cares. But I'm just okay. I'll say this: it wouldn't get national attention, but I mean New York Giants fans would be like, "What the fuck?" Like, but it's that's a, block a dirty block. That happens and I mean, all the time. It's not like that's. But a crazy... Is it needed in the preseason? Is if you're it trying to make a roster, probably. I mean, you've got to. That's how you're taught to block. That's how you're taught to make. That's how you're taught to block. I guess. I mean, I know it sucks in the preseason. I I get that, and you know that that stinks. But um, maybe you just shouldn't have your first round pick playing in the preseason if you're afraid of getting hurt. Like it's. I know, look, you can't predict injury, but that's a football play. It's not the most pleasant one. And, look, you can argue that that block should be outlawed, but that's right now a football play. George Kittle does that every game. So I understand why Giants fans are upset about it. Luckily, it wasn't a torn ACL, um, and he'll probably be back at some point. Another guy who avoided catastrophe was Zach Wilson. I know Josh was pissed as hell about him uh, not being out for the season. No, I don't want someone to get hurt. But I'm just saying, this doesn't make him a bust, but I'm just saying, same for Zion. I am, for one, just so thrilled that he's not out for the season. Because if he was all season long, I would have to hear about how he's a bust. And I probably no, will hear that I anyway. No, I would have said he's going to be a bust. I would have never said he would have been a bust. I would have just been like, man, that sucks. He can't prove he's not a bust. Mm, but no, you don't treat bust. Zion like that at all. Let's just be honest. No, you... Fuck Zion. Zion <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, you really don't treat Zion like that at all, even though it's, it would have been a similar situation. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not talking basketball right now. We've got way too we've got way too much time before that kicks off. We could actually later with KD. But let's go into the Royals if we're done talking preseason. Uh, the Royals currently, as we're recording this, sit at 50-74. and 74. I have no idea how this shitty team won 50 games. It's honestly a miracle. Uh, it's been it's been a while 
since these kids have gotten called up, they've gotten some have had a few months, some have had a month up in the bigs. What are your overall impressions of the young core as a total? I mean, some have also had a day with Drew Waters, but yeah, Drew I mean, Waters. I wasn't really counting him. Future. But. I'm going to say the future is bright, but I'm not going to say we're going to be good next year. I'm not going. I'm not falling down this like uh, whatever it's called. Rabbit I'm not falling down this water hole. Yeah, this rabbit hole. We're the future is bright, but I'm not saying we're going to be good. You know, look. Uh, my big takeaway, one of my big takeaways right now with the Royals is, can we quit it with Hunter Dozier? Like, yeah. can we just get rid That's of That's your biggest takeaway? Why not O'Hearn? <laughs> well, well O'Hearn doesn't, O'Hearn really doesn't play. get regular playing time. Yeah, yeah. So that to me is That's kind of, that he hasn't really played much at all in months. Um, but Hunter Dozier, like, is the last piece of the old crew hanging around, um, obviously outside of Salvador Perez, who's yeah. every good. right to stick around. He's good, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm I like it though, and you know what? I agree with Josh. I don't think we're gonna make the playoffs next year. No, um, but I think just as an overall concept, um, it's gonna work out better for the Royals for them to be bad with guys with high upside instead of yeah. being bad with some of the guys that we were bad with earlier in the year. And that includes that's all we Ocean. wanted. That's all we wanted yeah. as fans. We knew these new kids would come up, and we would not be in the playoffs with them. Nobody thought that we would make the playoffs with these kids. Um, you know, like, what, seven or eight rookies in the lineup. Nobody expected them to make a playoff push. But you would rather lose with those kids than with the old guys who have no chance in the future. And just to your point, John, uh, since July 14th, which was when uh, Hunter Dozier got his extended All-Star break for not taking the jab, he's batting 151, uh, has one home run and four RBIs. I mean, so he's, he's dog. I mean, He's, a, he's just an absolute catastrophe in the lineup. He can't justify him being there. And he gets regular playing time, like you said. That's the difference. Look, Ryan O'Hearn having a roster spot is hilarious. Like, at this point, I'm not even getting upset about it anymore. It's just funny. Every time they send a guy up or send a guy down that's not him, I just laugh. Uh, but at least he's not an everyday player like Dozier is. And he's not taking at-bats away from people like Prado. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes they're making right now, and I want to talk about that, is Nick Prado doesn't have a good batting average right now. Nick Prado's striking out a little bit, but you're not giving him consistent playing time. It's like every other day he's off, or maybe he comes off the bench in platoons, but Nick Prado, to, to develop, needs these at-bats. He needs four at-bats a day. Yeah, he let, needs him get, let him get crushed. He is crushed. not going to develop coming in pinch-hitting once a game. That's, and then sticking him in left once every three games. That's not the way that you should be doing this. And it look, it, it's guys, the thing is, it's not even that it's good players taking his at-bats. It's guys like Dozier. It's guys like O'Hearn that are taking his at-bats. And I'm sure now with Vinny on the DL, or the IL, excuse me, um, that you know he will end up getting more at-bats, which is a good thing. But you know I just don't understand. It's like when Bobby had his first 100 plate appearances, he struck out a lot. You know, Melendez didn't play great through his first 100 plate appearances. It's hard to come up, but, like, you got to give him them. You've got to give him consistent playing time. Yep, yep, I agree. I mean, it's it's a lot of times just a constant cycle of frustration with Mike Matheny. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't see it ending anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah, but unfortunately I, not. That's the silver lining to all of this is that at least the the things that we've been told to believe in or whatever are finally getting their chance. Um, and once again, who cares if it's bad for a little bit? That's fine. Um, just we can't we can't keep playing these guys that don't don't need to be playing whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Another thing, unless Josh has something to say about that. No, not really. I mean, you guys pretty much nailed it on the spot with the rookies for me. Another thing I wanted to talk about is there is a lot of pressure, obviously, on these rookies, but there's even more pressure now than there was because the Royals' farm system, now that these guys have graduated, is dog shit. It is horrible. I mean, Gavin Cross is your number one prospect, which, you know, obviously just got drafted, but, I mean, goodness gracious. At, you know, at the beginning of the season, it was ranked 8th. Right now it's ranked 21st, which is expected. You had, like, six guys get called up. But, I mean, it's not good. Once Prado ends up graduating, you're going to have one top 100 prospect, and it's Gavin Cross at 75. 
So there is a ton of pressure on the guys, the rookies this year going forward because they really do not have anything else in the tank. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, though, I mean, you know this was coming. I mean, I don't know how to tell you. I mean, when you're rebuilding, it's yeah, when you pull up all the rookies, you're going to have a shit farm system. I mean, these yeah, but like, think about a team like Baltimore, though, like who's called up like Adley Rutschman. They've called up other guys, and they're the number one farm system still. Like that's that's how you get set up for success. This is what happens when you have Daymore. That's my only rebuttal. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate yeah. point is that, and the Dodgers have the second best farm system. Like it's, and they all that, that still to me makes no fucking sense. Like, you know how nice it must be to be a Dodgers fan? Bro, Dodgers fans live in a whole different world. Some dude was arguing with me on Twitter about, like, how the Royals just need to spend more. And I'm like, that doesn't, like, you don't understand. And he's like, well, move out of the sticks then, and you'd be able to afford to pay more players. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, not every team could be based in Los Angeles or New York. Like, what the hell even point is that? Yeah, it's, it's fantasy land there. They, I mean, they've the last 12 years, Dodgers fans literally have, like, they can pretend that it's been hard because they only have one World Series, but my God, I mean, that, that is literally like being a fan of the Yankees in the 1920s. It's ridiculous. Yep, they are. They are in a different world. They they have no clue what the hell they're doing. Um, like, <laughs> but, but they, yeah. it, they live in just like a, a yeah, you hit it right on the head. And it, it the, the situation for the Royals lies a little bit deeper than not spending money. Oh, it does, but... You know, it doesn't help either. So, I, I, I told you who our number one prospect is now, Gavin Cross. Number two is Prado. Number three is Massey. Who do you guys think number four is, if you don't already know? Asa Lacey. Who did you say, Josh? Asa Lacey. John, who did you say? I, I have no clue. Just Okay. It's Ben Kudrna. Is it Kudrna or Kudrna? He's moved up to four. Number Asa Lacey has fallen down to number twelve in the top thirty for the Royals on the season. Dude, he is the biggest bust. And on the damn, season, that sucks for the Royals. On the season, he has a ten point six one earned run average. Good thing is he's only given up thirteen hits. The bad news is he's walked forty two batters and only struck out thirty five. I mean, he's walked seven more batters than he's struck out. That's it's setting up to be a bigger miss than Bubba Starling and Kyle Zimmer. It's it honestly is setting up to be a even worse pick. Uh, yeah. Number five is Caden Wallace, who we took in the second round this year. Number six, Nick Lofton. Seven, Mikel Garcia. Frank Mazzucato is number eight. He's better than fucking Asa Lacy. Uh, Waters is nine. Gentry's ten. And that kind of rounds. Is he better than Asa Lacy? Who Mazzucato? Yeah. He's had a better minor league career so far, and he's only played in single A. But not by much. Not by not by much. I mean, Mazzucato's not hasn't been horrific. He has a four eight seven ERA. That's not terrible. I mean, it's not great, but it. it I mean, it's something. And Mazzucato, the other thing with him is he's nineteen years old. He was a high school pitcher. Uh, Asa coming out of college, it, it's a little different. Asa though, Asa in high A had a five one nine ERA. So it's. He just hasn't been able to do anything in the organization. And people want to blame that on the Royals' development system, but I'm sorry. If you're putting up those bad of numbers, it's it, it's beyond the Royals. And, and, I'm, and I'm someone that will say the Royals mess up a lot of people, but that that's beyond the Royals. Okay, well, anything else in baseball? Uh, Pujols is on track for 700. Do you guys want to see him get there I, or no? I, yeah. I want to see him get there. Yeah. Mm. I don't, I don't like Tatis the Cardinals. Jr. I don't think we've had a podcast since Tatis. Yeah, we haven't had one since Fernice, uh PED earworm. Or, uh, no, it wasn't earworm. It was uh, ringworm. Ringworm. Ooh. Yeah, ringworm. Well, something in my medicine for ringworm bullshit. There's uh, only one thing I can say to these. This is why did you not just go through the team doctors? They know what to give you and what not. He to didn't do. have ringworm, dog. He didn't have ringworm. He, that's such a bullshit. He was doing was... performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> yeah, that's the real. And look, if you get caught taking PEDs, you look so much better if you just admit it, apologize, and shut up than trying to make up a fake story about, oh, man, I was just using medication for ringworm. I didn't know. Yes, you do. Every athlete is smart enough for when they take medication to make sure it doesn't have illegal substances in it. It's just a horrific excuse. 
it is. Yeah, I mean, it sucks for the Padres. I mean, next year they'll, they'll be looking good, I guess, but... I think there's a high probability that the Padres, this trade deadline, actually fucked themselves really hard. Uh, obviously... No duh. I mean, they were... Hater has not worked out at all yet, and they sent a... I forget the name of the guy they sent to Milwaukee, but he's been better. Um, and then the Soto trade's obviously the big one, but... You know, since they've gotten Soto, they haven't been that good. Soto's been decent. He's been okay. Nothing special. But, I mean, man, you sent a haul to the Nationals. Um, and Soto is a free agent, not next year, but the year after. So, and I have a hard time believing the Padres are going to be able to re-sign him. So, it, they really made that trade for a World Series in the next two or three years. And with how dominant the Dodgers are, I don't think that happens. What the Padres did this year was they had the chance to have a farm system like the Dodgers. And then they also had the chance to be a team like the Dodgers if they understand they're not going to win in three years. They were going to be able to rinse and repeat really good prospects. Said they trade, excuse me, they trade all of those away. I mean, I, they kind of pulled like a Rams movement. They went all or nothing. Josh, you're kind of muffling out. No one, I don't think you're going to hear you. You sound, you I said, sound like I said it's not pocket. panning out well. I said it's not panning out well for the Padres yeah. because they went all or nothing, and it's really not looking good so far. It's turned out to be nothing to this point. There's And look, every, team, every year there's a team at the deadline that makes moves that wins them World Series like the Braves did last year, getting Soler, getting Eddie Rosario, things like that. And they're not even flashy moves. But every deadline, there's a team that absolutely screws over their future like the Padres might have. I'm not going to say it's official yet, but, I mean, they, there's a lot of pressure on them. Remember when the Pirates traded uh, for Chris Archer and they gave up Tyler Glasnow and uh, they gave up another guy to the Rays that's ended up being really good, Austin Meadows and another guy. And it's just like you can really screw yourself at the deadline. Um so it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I don't see this year the Padres having any chance of getting past the Dodgers or the Mets for that record, for that matter. That's why you trade to the Royals. You just find a player that has a, you know, a Bible glove or whatever the hell Luke Weaver calls it, and then you trade him for a better player. Since trading for the uh, Soto, the Padres are 10-10. and 10. Not, not really what they were really looking for, I don't think. Do you guys know what the Yankees record is since they traded for Benintendi? I'm going to go. And 28. No one could hear that, Josh. You keep cutting out. This is like early me podcast. This is You've taken the role. This used to be me cutting out. Because I lost my microphone, okay? We'll be back in like two weeks. So maybe I might not be here the next two weeks. No, you're going to be here. You're just going to buy a freaking microphone off of Amazon. 11 and 28. They haven't played that many games, but they've been 9 and 15 since getting Benintendi, which, I mean, is pretty bad for the Yankees. It's just interesting. He's also not hit very well there. Not to say that we're going to win that trade at all because almost every trade we lose, but it is, it's kind of interesting to look at. But other than that, I mean, yeah, we've got really the headlines of the MLB out of the way, I think. Uh yeah, I, I do hope Pujols gets 700, even though I despise the Cardinals. Uh, I like him. So, um, All right, well, moving on. Uh, college football actually starts this Saturday. There's a game between Nebraska and Northwestern. And is it in uh, – where is this game? It's in at? Dublin. Dublin. Dublin, I was, Ireland. I was, I was right about to say Dublin, and I was like, no, that's wrong. Um, so, I mean, I had you guys tell me this earlier, but we're going to do it on the podcast now. Uh, obviously we have three Mizzou fans in here, a K-State fan in here, and then none of us are KU fans, Arkansas fans, Iowa fans, like any of that. We despise most of those teams. But we're going to go ahead today and try and predict their records, try and predict who will be the best of the best. So let's go ahead and start it off with uh, the one that most people are going to listen to, the most people care about, Mizzou. Um, and let's go game by game with Missouri this year, the football and I just want to hear your guys' uh, takes on what you think is going to go down this year. So, week one, Louisiana Tech at home on a Thursday night. I think this is one of the few games that you don't really have to worry about. 
I sure fucking hope so. <laughs> I mean, it's Mizzou, but, you know, I, this is one game I think they will win. I I think they will win as well. 19-point favorites. Be, it's, I don't expect be them shocking. to have higher confidence heading into Manhattan. Yeah, it'd be shocking. So I think we all agree 1-0. Now, this is where conflict of interest comes into play. John has to pick between the two schools he likes. Mizzou at K-State week two. Man, I've gone back and forth on this one. I've really teetered. Will we all be there? I know I'm going to be there. I know, John, you're going to be there. I don't know if I'm going to be in the stadium. The tickets are pretty expensive at this point. I don't know if I'll be inside the stadium, but I'll be in Manhattan. I, I might end up just watching it on the I TV. Got, I got my tickets. So. But, but you will, you will have a correspondent in the game. I can, I can tailgate with y'all if y'all are not busy. But um, And, Josh, you should film it's some It's an 11 a.m. game, so good luck with that. <laughs> Hey, man, you get started about 7 in the morning, crack open some cold ones, get your day Coming going. Jackson is of age. Jackson is of age. Oh, it's 3 p.m. and Jackson still doesn't know what time he can do the podcast. You know, you know what time I woke up today, John? You know what time I woke up today? Jackson, we all at school. Yeah, well, I woke up at 7.45. So, kiss my ass, John. Oh, buddy. No, I'm you know, getting a lot better. About time 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 at, at We're actually like the 11 a.m. kickoff is some... Anyways... Um, but yeah, K State. I'm gonna go L for Mizzou here. I am as well. I fear that the defense is gonna get cooked up a little bit. I th- I just think Adrian Martinez is the more experienced guy. Brady Cook is not doesn't have a ton of experience under his See, belt. I don't think it's about Adrian Martinez. I think well, I it's do about think Deuce it matters. Vaughn. It's about Deuce Vaughn. Well, yeah, both like will matter. But I also just think that. And I and we're going to talk about this as we go through the schedule. I just think Mizzou's a year away from being a really good team. I think you're going to see improvements this year, but I just think when Mizzou and K State play next year in Columbia, I think no offense, John, but I think Mizzou will beat the dog shit out of K State. Uh, I mean, they yeah, I think that's definitely a because re- I, I think Mizzou next year by this time will be really good. Um, and Sam Horn, K State recruited pretty well as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not discrediting K State, but won't Deuce be gone? He will be, but yeah, I mean, Deuce, Adrian will be gone. It'll be, it'll be a fresh batch for K State, and I feel like the fresh batch is for Mizzou this year. So I'll give K State the edge in that game. So, uh, yeah. and we're just gonna do majority rules on this since there's three of us. So that's one and one. Uh, Abilene Christian win, not hard. Um, so we're two and one, and we go to Auburn. This is an interesting one. I feel like. Nobody outside of Missouri fans, like most SEC fans who are mostly brain dead, who all just look at Mizzou as like Vanderbilt, would not give us a chance to win this game. But I think there is a shot Mizzou could win this game. I mean, I would have to agree with that, but I'm not. I'm giving us maybe a 20%, 20, 25% chance to win. Maybe I'm just not as high on Auburn this year as everybody else. But Auburn's not good this year, but going into Auburn and getting a win – there is hard. Yeah, I don't know. I just they're solid, but if this was in Columbia, I actually think we could win this game pretty not comfortably, but I think we would have a really good shot. I'll go L here just because it's in Auburn, but I don't think this is a blowout. I am absolutely going with it. Uh, the next, so we're two and two. The next week we play Georgia at home, two and three. Um, no. Yeah, we would be two. Yep, never mind. You're right. Uh, next week at Florida. I'm gonna, I think we can win this game. Everybody has started sucking Gator cock because of Billy Napier and like the recruiting, but I really don't think they're any better than Mizzou. I, if we were able to beat this team last year, granted how fluky it was, but still, there's no reason we couldn't be able to win this year. And I know it's in the swamp, but I, I still think Mizzou's good enough to win this game. I I am gonna take Mizzou. Um, it's Mizzou versus Florida, right? Like, yeah. And they've done well against <laughs> we actually, Florida. We actually usually win this one. Like, we've been, yeah. We uh, we didn't beat them with Kyle Trask there, but we did beat them uh, with Drew Locke year. there. We beat them last year. We beat them last year here, yeah. But we beat them in Gainesville in 2018. Beat the dog piss yeah. out of them. So I mean, I I think we got a shot. So that's that's three and three. I wouldn't hate being three and three at this point because you get Vanderbilt at home. People think Vanderbilt's that, going to be improved, dope. but it's four and three at that point. Here's the one that people have really started to hype up at South Carolina. 
A lot of people like this. Dude, that, that's turned into like an underrated rivalry. A lot of people like Spencer Rattler this year. Shane Beamer gets a lot of credit. Um, what do you guys think our odds are going to South Carolina and beating the Gamecocks? I'm Cox. gonna go W. Yeah, I wanna I wanna believe that Mizzou football will do well this year. Maybe this is a little bit too much of a hard bet, but Spencer Rattler can eat my ass. Um He gets a lot of hype, but he's really not like he wasn't that good. He was last projected year. to be the first overall yeah. pick this year. And, and, and let's be clear he had in, look, not that you can't have, like, a bounce back. Like, Burrow went from, like, average Joe to, like, holy shit in one season. But this guy had Lincoln but, Riley last year. Like, there's no better coach to have than Lincoln yeah, Riley. Yeah, Spencer Rattler, when you're comparing him to Joe Burrow, he went from holy shit to absolute shit. Yeah. Like, Joe so, Burrow went from absolute shit to holy shit. And I think that there's a big difference in that. I just don't think, yeah. I think Mizzou wins this game. I know it's on the road, but, man, I mean, South Carolina gets the hype, but I just think Mizzou's an overall deeper roster. Uh, now, quarterback play could come in. I mean, I, this could this could be the point of the season where you don't know who it is at quarterback for Mizzou. If Brady Cook struggles, would they switch to, Cook, or, uh, to Horn? I don't know. Sam Horn is not going to be a starter in Mizzou football unless Brady Cook gets hurt this year. I will say that right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's possible. I mean, unless he struggles, like I said, I feel like if he struggles, you could see it. But um, All right, so that would put us at – are we at four and three now or five and three? I, I lost track of count. Five and three. Five and three. Kentucky at home. To me, yeah, this is the biggest out. game of the season. It's the biggest game of the season. I want to beat Kentucky more than anybody else on the schedule this year. That includes Arkansas. I it man, just, it might just be me, but I fucking hate Kentucky football, dude. I hate Tennessee so much. Well, we'll get to them, but yeah, I'm gonna go L here. I I want to think so badly we win this game, but Will Levis probably is gonna dice our defense up. Um, yeah, Kentucky's a really good team this year, so that puts us at five and four at Tennessee. Man, we cannot beat these motherfuckers. If you were on Chiefs riots, man, you understand what I'm saying. We cannot beat these motherfuckers, man. Um. <laughs> But yeah, at Tennessee, I personally will go L. Regardless of how good we are, like in how bad they are, for some reason this team kicks the dog shit out of us. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna take an L here. Um, you know, last year this was one of our best performances. Um, best this team ended up. This Kentucky, right? No, Tennessee. Oh, we we've already moved to Tennessee. Sorry, yeah. did I even pick Kentucky? Uh, majority already said no, so I didn't ask oh, okay. you. Okay, that's why. Okay, my bad. Sorry, zoned out a little bit on you there. No, <laughs> no, we're talking Tennessee. That was the worst performance last year. Tennessee, <laughs> we lost yeah, sixty-two no, to twenty-four. Tennessee was real bad. Yeah, you don't have to remind me. Um, but I, <laughs> John, I want to take us for a dub. I want to take us for a dub in this one. I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, and not that I know how good Tennessee is. Maybe they suck, but. Seems like we always struggle with this one. Yeah, we, well, at that's least what we have in the last couple of years. So happens since we in the Drinkwitz era, which is only two games versus them, we've gotten crushed twice. So I, and like the COVID year, they weren't very good and they whipped us. Like yeah, but we also wasn't Basilak a freshman and he that was like his second game. I mean, no. What what's his name played? Uh, Sean Johnson or whatever. Oh yeah, and Basilak came in during. That's right. The dude yeah, from TCU. Was, yeah, yeah, Sean Robinson. He played. He played DB last year, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he um, was actually like, transferred. So we have another majority that says Tennessee's an L. So we're five and five. We have New Mexico State at home the next week. I'd like that's to think that's a bowl W eligible. that makes you bowl eligible. You're six and six or six and five. Ron, you want to know who Sean Robinson plays for? Who? Oh. K K State. I figured you were really. Is he playing quarterback? The K State Mizzou. The K State Mizzou has become a little more. Playing linebacker. That's what that's what Google has him listed as. (laughs) Crazy. All right, and then week. I don't know what week it is, but the last week of the season, regular season, Arkansas, Mizzou, and Columbia. We are going to get our fucking ass kicked. Yep, sounds about right. I don't see a scenario where we beat Arkansas this year. In either sport. Basketball is going to be worse than football. But, yeah. 
Um, so if there's no disagreements there, that puts us at six and six. Um, and I would say that puts us at six and six with games like Kansas State. Um, that's also depending on how you feel about Florida. You can right, but I was I was gonna say that. I was gonna, that Kansas State, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee. I feel like are all up in the air. I feel like all those games could go either way. I'd say your guaranteed victories, which I should never say with Missouri, but I'm going to for now. You have four. I think you have Louisiana Tech, Abilene Christian, New Mexico State, and I'd say Vandy at home is pretty much a guarantee at this point, uh, unless they shock the hell out of the world. So really you just got to find a way to fight out two wins that aren't guaranteed. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go through the schedule for other teams because we don't – I mean, you probably know K-State well enough, but I don't, and I don't think Josh does. But what do you think K-State goes this year, John? So I originally said nine and three in the group chat, and then I switched it to eight and four, and then I took another look, and I'm I'm gonna give them nine and three. Um, yeah, I just think that they're they were pretty good last year, all things considered. Um, they didn't lose too much. Um, I don't I'm by no means an expert on like their defense or offensive line. Um, but there's no denying the talent in Deuce Vaughn, and I think. He will partner well with Adrian Martinez, um, and they will have a very dangerous rushing attack. Um, so I've got him at nine and three. Um, the Big Twelve, I and that is with them. Um, you know, maybe maybe going into Oklahoma and doing something. I think a lot of teams are going to be doing that this year with the situation that they've been left at. Um, we'll have to see, but I think Kansas State fans should be excited. Yeah, I've got them at eight and four as well, but I've got them losing to Oklahoma. I don't think they win that game. I, I think Oklahoma, and look, we're going to get a completely different Oklahoma, so it's just projections at this point. But I think at Oklahoma and at Baylor are the two biggest tests for Kansas State this year. Um, Oklahoma State as well, right? Yeah, but that's at home at least. But they're really yeah. good as well. And also at Iowa State's always tricky. Um, Josh, do you have a record prediction for the Wildcats? I have them going eight and four as well. So we got all – the one that we probably have listeners that like this team, but uh, you might want to turn it off now because it's going to get a little ugly. Kansas. Um, uh, people are being generous. Very, very generous. I agree. What do you have, Matt, John? Uh, let, me, let me look at it again. Uh, <laughs> it looks like I've got them on. Uh, <laughs> I have them at 2 and 10. Yeah. Okay. What games do you have been uh, winning? One and eleven. What games do you have been winning? Uh, I don't know. I'm just hoping they pull out a non-con and beat Texas again. Oh yeah, because they're just gonna beat Texas again. That's something that happens. So their over/under this year is two. That's their over/under. Would you? You're taking the under, John. Yeah, taking the under. I'm time. gonna give them three wins this year. I think they beat. Did you guys see what? Did you guys see what uh, Texas is doing now that? What did you say, Josh? Texas. I said, did you see what Texas is doing now that I mentioned Texas? What about them? They're riding in the bus that they gave Kansas when Kansas football came down to play them in football and when they beat them. And the coach is saying, like, that's motivation for them. That, that is some good motivation. That's I true. mean, that, that's, that's stupid. You don't really need motivation to beat KU. That's the problem. That's that's fucking stupid. I don't think it's motivation to beat KU as much as it is to just, like, not embarrass yourself again. I, that's how at least I would take that. But have you heard what uh what's the Iowa coach's name? He I forget. Oh, I, but I, he, I, but he said Bert, like Bert, Bert, or not not Iowa. Uh, it wasn't them. Never mind. Nebraska. Scott Frost. He Scott said Frost. that people are puking fifteen to twenty times a practice. Yeah, and I told someone say. Oh, and he was like saying it like bragging. He was like, yeah, like my practices are tough. Like this summer, there's been fifteen to twenty pukes a, a practice. As if like, that's like something fuck to flex. you, Scott. If that's something to flex, like as a you went three and nine last year, like uh, I don't think that's something you really need. Like okay, like wow, and they were talking. So I tried about, to kill my. They were talking about it. They were like, imagine it's the same guy. It just pukes fifteen to twenty times of practice. <laughs> One, uh, but, yeah, I've got Kansas going three and nine. Going to beat Tennessee Tech. I do have them beating Duke at home, and I, I'll give them TCU as an upset. You want to know something crazy? Yeah. I. In all the years I played sports, only once did I witness another player puke at practice, which I think is pretty low 
if you ever like had what an sports angry did coach you play i played baseball and basketball so football is definitely the one where you yeah football caught. i played one year of football and i saw at least like a dozen kids puke basketball coaches can get pissed off enough though where they just start making people go was the sport you um, saw someone puke in basketball yeah, but the thing about it is, is it was my freshman year. It was the first practice after Christmas break, uh-huh. and it was like kind of just like a mess around practice. We were doing like a drill, not even a drill. It was just like you had two teams, and you had to make like ten layups, and ten free throws, and ten mm-hmm. threes, and then someone had to hit a half court shot. And the kid, one of the kids doing the half court shots, could not make it, and literally. <laughs> was so out of shape that he made himself hurl wow shooting so many half court shots wow yeah. it went on for like 15 to 20 minutes oh my god yeah yep and he like he literally like dry heaved onto the freaking court oh my gosh um, that's terrible it was disgusting yep december 26th so yeah yeah i uh the kids that i saw puke i actually somehow didn't puke but it was like the first day of eighth grade practice, and I remember this day so freaking vividly. And they're like, "No pads, no footballs today." And I was like, "What the fuck?" It's like we watching film. Like we haven't even played. Nope. It was suicides all fucking day. That's all we did. We just ran. No football at all. It was just straight conditioning. And I'm pretty sure it was just so the coaches could get all the weak links out because uh, they couldn't cut anybody. So they probably were trying to get rid of all the kids so they'd have less people to deal with. And holy piss, it was at least, like, that day, 110 degrees. Like, no joke. All we're doing is sprinting, and kids are puking left and right. And one kid goes to get a drink without, you know, getting a drink break. He's just like, fuck it, I'm going to go get a drink. And after that, boy, we really had to run. And they're like, no, nobody's getting water. And looking back on it, like, that's such a dumbass, like, way to coach. Like, what? It's 100 plus degrees out here. Like, what is this benefiting? Moral of the story, nothing, because we went 0-6. But, yeah, that's that's my time I've seen kids puke. And they, Moral of the story is don't play football. It's a horse And they were sport. puking in the locker room and shit, and it was just really disgusting to watch. Uh, but I, I, my lazy ass ended up, like, hiding behind people so I didn't have to run every suicide. Uh, you can call that lazy. You can call that smart. But I didn't puke. So there's that story for you. And Josh, I, I don't think you ever played a sport, so <laughs> I think you ever played baseball, game. but not in high school. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you, I was gonna say you might have. A that was fucking unnecessary. No, right it there. wasn't. I was just saying, like you probably have never seen someone puke it like in a sport because I know you didn't play sports in high school. No, I've seen kids puke in sports. Okay, well tell us your story then. It was like tryouts for a competitive baseball team, and it was like 110 degrees, and like the kids that weren't like in shape were yakking everywhere. Let's be honest, even if you are in shape at 110 degrees playing any sport, like, is time to yak. I'm not in shape I myself, remember that day. but even if I was, I'd probably yak. I remember that day. I'm, I'm not a good baseball player, but I can at least field a ground ball, throw the baseball, hit the ball. There was this one kid that had maybe the worst swing I've ever seen, and this is my, like, third grade self. I literally went to my mom, like, crying, be like, this kid was had maybe the worst swing I've ever seen. I want to help him. I was like, <laughs> that's how bad I felt for this kid. I was like, I knew he wasn't going to make it. Uh-huh. Where's the puke? Yeah, that wasn't a puke. Oh, <laughs> no, right. I was just, everyone was just yakking during tryouts. I, I have a that. puking story from the other week. <laughs> no. no. All right. Um, let's All right, time for, time for D4 of the week. Yep. <laughs> All right, um, who wants to kick us off? D4 of the week is Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm. <laughs> he was a while ago, but that's true. Yeah, we haven't done one since, so I guess you could say him, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I never think of these. It's hard to come up with it. Can I just go with, like, Mike Matheny or Dayton Moore, default? You do that every time. Well, if you don't think of one, they're all, they're the evergreen answers, bro. No, um, I've I've got one. Um, Avon Thibodeau. Don't play in the preseason. <laughs> uh, mine was going to be Scottie Pippen because he said that he wanted to go to Russia to get Brittany Griner out, and it's not the sentiment that makes him the D4 of the week, but it's the thought that he – could go to Russia and get he Britain, could just go to Russia and that get he could Britain actually Britain. do it and he's I mean look this guy is pretty tight with Kim Jong Un but I 
I just don't think that's going to work when he's you not have... Dennis Rodman, bro. You got him mixed. Yeah. Or no, that's. Did I say Scottie Pippen? I've met Dennis Rodman. You met Dennis Rodman? Okay. Yeah. That's I think, at least I that's think. That's a little off the hook for it's Scottie Dennis. Pippen. It's, it's Dennis. It's Dennis. Okay. Yeah. I meant to say Dennis. Uh, but also, oh, I have a co D for the week. Um, the Tom Brady masked singer conspiracy. Um, he did Very shut true. that down, but it was pretty funny. And I, like, if that was true, I, I was really hoping that would be true, actually, because I would just fucking dog on him for weeks if that was true. But it appears as if yeah, I think Brady would have been smart enough to not let himself get that. Well, he said today what that happened? wasn't that. Well, there was a theory because Brady missed two weeks of training camp that he was doing. He was filming for the Masked Singer on Fox that he signed it while he was in retirement to do it. Um, but. That's since been debunked, but it it got a lot of traction. You want to know what they are saying? It is him and Giselle are about to be done. I that's been going on, and I wouldn't want to. I don't really need to get in. I do hate this man a lot, though, so I'll do it. I don't really need to get into marriages, but like you can tell, she's like badly wanted him to retire for years now, and he just won't. Yeah, they're saying they're saying him coming back was the breaking point for their divorce. I mean, look, Giselle. Like, as much as I hate this guy, I kind of have to side with Brady here. Like, you cannot retire coming off of, like, your best season. Like, that, you just can't do it. <laughs> Unless you win the Super Bowl. Like, you can't do it. Like, this dude looked just as good as he ever had, and he just, like, retired. That always felt weird. It's like, I'm not saying that it's impossible for that to happen, because the guy is 45, but, like, it would be damn hard to hang up the cleats when you're throwing for 5,000 yards and leading the NFL in touchdown passes still. Yeah, 100%. just my two cents. But I do hope he gets divorced and that he's miserable because that, that would make me very happy. <laughs> That's kind of the sad life I've resorted to now is that things that happen badly, bad things that happen to Tom Brady make my day better. Yeah, I, It's nothing I do to per, to enhance my life. It's what he does to mess up his life that makes me feel better. But yeah, um, we can go ahead and leave it at that. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Next week's a game preview, isn't it? Uh, we no. Oh no, we have that week in between. Damn it! Uh, but who plays on a week from? It uh, will be eight. Mizzou. Uh, it will be Mizzou. Yeah, we'll have a full yeah. week one college football ready next week. Um, we might even, you know, for next week's purposes, we could do lock of the week and uh, upset of the week, just for college football. Just a thought. But we'll catch y'all next week. This is primetime Kansas City out.